This is the podcast by the Straits Times. Hi, I'm Audrey Tan for the Straits Times in Green Pulse, a Straits Times podcast on environmental issues. Today, my guest is Dr. Corey Gabriel, a climate scientist from the Scripps Institution of Oceanography in La Jolla, California, and he does research on geoengineering. So, welcome, Corey, to the show. Thank you, Audrey, for having me. I was just wondering whether you can start out by telling us what geoengineering is exactly. Well, it's kind of a broad term that really, right now in the context of ongoing climate change, describes a number of different strategies that attempt to basically manipulate Earth's climate system in an attempt to reduce the adverse effects of global warming. And by that, I mean introduce something into the atmosphere to try to cool the atmosphere, to cool the planet, and avoid some of the negative consequences of global warming. Some of those negative ongoing consequences include sea level rise, extreme events, and many other things. And as the IPC has talked about, we're on the precipice of a lot of other much more dangerous things associated with loss of biodiversity and loss of Arctic sea ice, loss of ice sheets. So while reducing our carbon footprint, effective mitigation strategies, adopting renewable clean energy technologies are something that we really need to emphasize. The idea of geoengineering, which is simply a theory, something we use climate models to simulate, something that's been never tested, is simply something that would be used, potentially used in addition to uh, mitigation. Okay. From what you said, geoengineering is still kind of a theory. And from my understanding, there are two main types of geoengineering. One would be increasing the reflectivity of the Earth to reflect the heat of the sun. And the second one would be to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So would you be able to give us a brief idea of the differences between the two and some examples of each? Sure. For carbon dioxide removal, we're addressing the root cause, which is that carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that we've put in the atmosphere since the Industrial Revolution, since 1850, is trapping heat in the atmosphere and causing the planet to warm. So removing that carbon dioxide from the atmosphere is something that is one form of geoengineering. An example of efforts to do that are iron fertilization, which involves trying to use the ocean to draw carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. This has some potentially pretty dangerous side effects. There's other kinds of CDR, like direct air capture of carbon dioxide that are still not technologically feasible at a large enough scale to really impact the climate globally. The other form of geoengineering that's gained a lot of attention recently is artificially kind of turning down the sun, which sounds sort of crazy, but basically by adding a layer of reflective materials way high up into Earth's upper atmosphere, you can theoretically block less than about 1% of the incoming solar radiation. We learned this because, as some of you listening may remember, Mount Pinatubo, many other volcanoes have exploded over time, and when they occur in the tropics and they're big enough, and the composition of the material is correct, they can put a layer of reflective materials into the stratosphere and cool the Earth for a period of time. So the idea with geoengineering would be to basically mimic these natural processes, volcanoes, by introducing the reflective materials into the stratosphere regularly every couple years or so to replenish them so that the Earth is constantly more reflective. Okay, and on top of that, another form of reflecting the sun's rays would be to produce more clouds in the atmosphere? Yeah, that's marine cloud brightening. That's a really interesting form of geoengineering. What that involves is 
pretty complicated. So as we all know, clouds are bright and clouds are reflective, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all clouds, all clouds have a cooling effect. If you have a layer of very, very low clouds, especially over areas of ocean, those clouds can be very reflective and reflect away a lot of solar radiation. The idea has been to artificially enhance both how long these clouds last in these specific areas and even to expand, try to expand these areas or make these areas more reflective. The ideas here are, are pretty complicated, but the idea is basically to go take a fleet of ships. Some estimates have called for tens of thousands of ships at any given time to basically traverse areas you might be familiar with off the coast of uh, Southern California, off the coast of Peru, and off the coast of Africa. Three very specific areas would be susceptible to this. So you would deploy large fleets of ships and they would constantly be shooting massive amounts of salt into the atmosphere. And the idea would be is that you would have these tiny little salt particles. You normally, this is how clouds form, they form on these little particles. If there were no little particles in the atmosphere, you wouldn't have clouds. So the idea is to make more of these little particles. So instead of having clouds that are big particles, you have clouds that are a bunch of tiny little particles. So they last longer and are brighter and more reflective. So that's the idea of marine cloud brightening, would be to try to make these decks of clouds more reflective. In terms of marine cloud brightening and the other method, again, nobody's done any field experiments on this, but in recent climate models, it's been shown that making clouds more reflective is quite difficult for a number of reasons. And the more realistic you make the model that makes the clouds reflective, the harder it is. So not to throw marine cloud brightening under the bus, but in terms of actually cooling Earth, injecting something in the stratosphere might be our best option. Okay, so is that what your personal research is about? My research focuses on a lot of things. I've written on injecting sulfur into the stratosphere and how that would impact Earth's climate system. I've also sort of been more theoretical about things. And one of the I'll bring this in now. One of the concerns that people have about geoengineering is if you try to cool the earth for everybody, does the climate change the same way for everybody? And the truth is that we are trying to find out and we don't necessarily know the answer yet. So I've done some experiments that are intended to be pretty provocative that show scenarios in which you could kind of design a climate. Now, the, what I, the climate models I use are totally theoretical and some of the scenarios I use are not feasible. But my real concern is associated with what I talked about, stratospheric, injecting that reflective material into the high atmosphere and seeing what that would do. My concern is finding out if we did that, how would the, not the climate change for Earth in general, but would there be inequality? Would it be good for the human collective, but bad, very, very bad for specific populations? And I don't know the answer to that question yet. Some of the concerns I have might come up, but that's what I'm interested in, is knowing if this global idea will have negative consequences for some of humanity. Okay, so now if you like our conversation-style podcast so far, do subscribe to the Straits Times podcast on Apple's iTunes or on Google Podcasts, or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Dr. Corey Gabriel, a climate scientist studying geoengineering at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography in La Jolla, California. Before you were talking about the moral issues surrounding geoengineering, 
Could you just expound on this a little more? Because I know recently there were some discussions at the international level about having guidelines for nations to impose or these guidelines in terms of rolling out geoengineering strategies. So what are some of the issues you talked about inequality? Could you just talk a little bit more and explain to us what it means? Just to be straight up about things, climate change is an extraordinarily complicated problem. There's going to be massive regional inequalities. The lives of people are affected very differently depending on where you live. The economic impacts of where you live might not be associated with the climate impacts necessarily of where you live. And if that sounds complicated, then bring geoengineering into the mix. You have some global actor, some national actor, some actor deciding what Earth's temperature should be. That's an incredibly tricky political proposition given how much difficulty we have all getting along with each other as it is. If we were to need to form an ethical way of determining Earth's temperature, how would we do so? What coalitions would form? Who has the power? Who would decide whose hand is on the thermostat? is a major issue. Another issue is, do we have the right to do this? We created this problem by emitting all of these greenhouse gases. Do we have the right to deliberately manipulate Earth's climate system? But all of that said, when we decide If this is even feasible, we might find out we can't do it. We might find out it's just impossible. It doesn't work. We might very well might find that out. But if we find out 30 years from now that it's that it would work, we have to make this comparison. What would be worse, the world without geoengineering or the world with geoengineering, meaning climate change unabated versus climate change plus geoengineering, where maybe we can make it a couple of tenths of a degree Celsius cooler. Do we take on the risks of doing that? And I think the answer to that question is dependent on things we don't know yet, like what energies are we going to be using? What's the political environment going to be like in the world? But it's endless how many issues could be associated if we ever tried this. So another big issue that has surfaced in the global discussions on geoengineering, some detractors have said that geoengineering kind of distracts people from the root cause of climate change and detracts attention away from emissions mitigation. So what are your views on this? After studying this for a little while now, I would imagine that as people start to hear more about the idea of trying to artificially cool the earth as our best option, they might actually take climate change more seriously. I think there's kind of been a trope out there for a while that certain interests might think we can emit, 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 but then the scientists will come up with some sort of fix to allow us to keep this low-cost option going. But number one, the scientists working on this want extraordinarily aggressive mitigation, would not be interested in doing something like that, and it would be impossible to counteract business-as-usual emissions with global warming. All we're talking about is the possibility of shaving a half a degree off of things. So the idea that this would provide, present this sort of uh, moral hazard to doing mitigation efforts to me doesn't make as much sense as sort of framing it as a, more of a risk compensation framework. But 
to avoid being too technical and complicated about all of that. I think, honestly, it could just cut both ways. I don't think geoengineering to avoid all of climate change is something people would find desirable. And I think that that line of thinking is going to fade. Okay, so I think that would be a good note to end off on, like to remind people that geoengineering is not the answer to global warming and that intensive mitigation measures are also necessary. Absolutely. So thank you, Corey, for joining us on our show. Thank you so much, Roger. It was a pleasure. So that's a wrap for this Straits Times episode on climate change. Do subscribe to the Straits Times podcast on Apple's iTunes or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.